The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. And it is great to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, if you're just joining us, I uh, hope you got a bulletin. Uh, I've been sharing for several weeks now, why are we here? And just really going through this mission statement, uh, why are we here? We exist to glorify God, and I shared much about that. Uh, and then how do we do that? In our gathering, growing, giving, and going. In the name of Jesus. Uh, we sang much about the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so, so, so today... Uh, really, everything hinges on His name. Uh, what do we mean by that? Uh, hopefully, I'm going to address that this morning, share with you just briefly. Uh, what does that mean to be uh, to, to gather, to grow, give, and go in His name? Um, you know, a lot of times we use that as a tagline at the end of our prayers, in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? Uh, well, I will submit to you that it means everything. Uh, uh, truth is, uh, and you know this as well as I do, you can do a lot of things in your name. Uh, you can do it uh, in, in the name of your strength or in the name of your intelligence in the name of your whatever you fill in the blank. And all of a sudden, what that means is you're relying on yourself uh, and not the Lord. Um, and, and I know it seems so subtle because I'm talking to folks that have been in church probably longer than I have. And, uh, but it is possible even to do church, to gather, grow, give and go. Not in the name of Jesus. I mean, it is possible to try to gather. Now, let me, let me just kind of give a, um, a, a praise the Lord this morning. I hope you're involved in life group, or we call Bible study on Sunday morning. Had a great time this morning studying the Word of God. Uh, really just out of Mark's gospel. Uh, Dwayne did a great job leading that, teaching that this morning. And, uh, and all of us need to be involved in, that, in, in small group Bible studies. One of, the, one of the desires of my heart is we're going to have more opportunities to study God's Word moving forward. It's critical. Why is it important? Because God's people gather in His name according to His Word. And, uh, and we've already seen that. So, so let, me, let me just share with you just briefly here. Uh, I've got a scripture reference, um, uh, and, and y'all just hang on with me guys back there. I want to share a little bit about from John Stott, a theologian from the, the last century, 20th century, talking about in Christ. When we talk about doing something in the name of Jesus, what does that mean? To be in Christ to do it in the name of the Lord, to do it in Him. That phrase was used over 164 times in what we call Paul's letters in the New Testament. There really are so many scriptures to pull from when it talks about doing something or doing anything in Christ or in His name, in His person, in His Lordship. It really set the tone for everything that Paul was teaching and preaching and sharing with the early church, uh, what we see in what we call the scriptures today. To be in Christ, Stott says, uh, does not mean to be inside Christ as tools are in a toolbox. I don't know if you're a builder, I don't know if you have a toolbox, but it's not like a tool inside of a toolbox or clothes inside of a closet. Maybe some of you are into clothes and all that. You know what I'm talking about, clothes in a closet. But rather it means to be organically, that's a fancy word, united to Christ as a limb is to the body. As a branch is to the tree, you're, you're in Christ, meaning you are intimately, personally connected, growing in Him. That your life comes from Him. In fact, over and over again, the Lord reminds us that it's the personal, intimate relationship that is the distinctive mark 
of authentic followers of Christ. In, in other words, how do we know that we're really a Christian? It's because you're in Christ. That means Christ is in you and you are in Him. Being in Christ it means so much. Um, for, the, for the believer, it's everything. Um, Stock goes on to say, there's several things. This is just before I get to my notes. So guys, hang on with me. Uh, first, what does it mean to be in Christ? It means everything. It means personal fulfillment as a human being. Let me, let me say this to all of you that are here today. The uh, Bible tells us this in Psalm 139, that God created you and knit you together in your mama's womb. Every one of you. God knows everything about you personally. He knows every hair you have or had. You know what I'm talking about? He knows everything about you personally. He knows your good side, your bad side, your inside and your outside. It doesn't matter. He knows you. And He formed you and made you specifically you. Quite honestly, there's nobody quite like you ever has been, ever will be in the world. Isn't that amazing? I know some of y'all are going, oh my goodness, Lord needs more of people like me. I know that. Some of y'all got some of that in you. But, I, but, I, but I don't, I, we, we, we say that, we, we hear that, but I'm not sure we understand that fully. God made you, you. Personally, specifically. And, and let me say, fulfillment in life comes from knowing Christ personally. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, all around us are people that are unfulfilled and alien, alienated from the Lord. Uh, from what it means to even be human. The truth is this, there's only one place where you can find satisfaction, happiness, joy in who you are, and it is only found in Christ. Let me remind you what the, what the Lord said. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and that he who believes in me will never thirst. There is a hunger in the human heart which, which none but Christ can satisfy. There's a thirst in which no one or nothing can quench. And there's an emptiness that only Christ alone can fill. There is no other place, no other person, no other thing that you can invest your life in that will satisfy or fulfill like Christ alone. It is in Christ. So what do we mean by being in Christ? It means knowing Him, but, but it means knowing the fulfillment of what it means to be human and be in you. You can't even begin to understand what it means to be you until you know Christ. Why? Because He created you. Knit you together. You are unique, one of a kind. Nobody like you in this world. In fact, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, you are unique, one of a kind. Go ahead and tell them. Thank you. Now turn to that other neighbor on the other side. Tell him you are unique. <laughs> Special, one of a kind, beautiful. Nobody like you in the world. It's true. Can I, I, I just want to share with you, listen, I, I mean, part of being in Christ is the fulfillment of that, the joy of that, the fullness of that. Knowing Him personally quenches that thirst that nobody else, nothing else in this world can. He goes on to say, not only does it mean being in Christ, the fulfillment of that, but it means to be, uh, belong to others in Christ. What, what do we mean by that? To be in Christ is not just individual, you know, being individual, but it's being collective. It means the body. Um, uh, it, it means not only that you know the Messiah, Jesus, personally, but in Christ you know His community, His body, the church, the called out ones, the believers in which He built. By the way, you understand this. We are all part of that body. Now, this isn't all the body. I hope you understand that. In fact, let me pause put on a little commercial right here. Next Sunday night... 
Uh, Joel, some of y'all might know Joel Frederick. I don't know if you know Joel or not. Pastor's that little church over here, Grace Life, that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, they've invited, they're doing a man night. Now, ladies, don't, don't be offended. You can't come. All right, that's a, it's a man night. But they've invited me to preach next Sunday night at 5.30. So all the men here, please come. Now, you've got to help me with something. Uh, they're, they're having a dinner at 5.30. It's free, but donation only. You know what that means? Bring some money, put in a hat. That's what it means. And don't complain about what it is. I have no idea. It might be a sandwich. Last time I think they had chili. This is only the second time they've done this. But they want not only me to come, but you to come as well, men. Now look. When I ask them next Sunday night, how many of y'all here from Flint Hill? I, I better see some folks there from Flint Hill. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Uh, so, hey, so the, now here's, now practically, I'm, I put on pause just a moment. Hang with me. In your bulletin, all of you have a bulletin, I hope. On that little tear-off, write your name, man, and say, I'm coming. That's, and so he, he wants to know how many of, of y'all are coming next Sunday night at 530. All right, there you go. All right. To be connected with other believers. In other words, to be in Christ means connected to the body. And there's a body way bigger than just here at Flint Hill. The body of Christ is beautiful. She's incredible. She's amazing. And we're a part of it. That means you have a part to play in it. In fact, the body will not function properly if you're not fulfilling your calling in Christ. All of you are critically important to the effectiveness of the body of Christ today. We're connected to one another. Our intimacy is, is, is critical. In fact, that how much we love not only the Lord, but one another is the telltale sign that Christ Jesus is at work in us. In fact, how, how are the world ever going to know Christ? Well, quite honestly, they ought to be able to look at the body of Christ and see the love for the Lord and love for one another. It is truly one of the key evidences that God is still at work among us today. Is it not? It's amazing. I hope you understand that. The last thing is this. Third thing Stott says, and I'm going to move on as quickly as I can, um, but it's good. What does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to know Christ personally as my Lord and Savior? To be in Him means this. Radical transformation of my life. Radical. Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Let me remind you what the Bible says. Paul said this in uh, Corinthians. If anyone... Come on. Anyone, turn to your neighbor and say, you're anyone. Go ahead, tell them that right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, all right, tell them. Gavin, you're anyone. No one turned to you. I got you right there, brother. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Not new and improved, not a makeover, nothing like that, but new. And, you are brand new from the inside out. It speaks to our having died to the old life and raised again to walk in this brand new life in Christ. Isn't it amazing how the Lord uses um, the, the idea of creation and resurrection or is the vocabulary he uses to talk about the new life we have in Christ. I mean, it's just amazing, the powerful nature of creation. I mean, come on, out of nothing he created all that we see around us. And yet he's saying in the same way, I'm going to create brand new in you. This is why Jesus turned to Nicodemus and said, you've got to be born again. There's no way you're going to make it to heaven. So to be in Christ means that this radical transformation. Now, I don't know about you, but my radical trans transformation didn't happen you know, automatically. But I will tell you, there were some radical changes in my life when I became born again. Now, we don't have time this morning to go through all those, but I'm going to tell you one of them is real clear. 
The Bible says that in Christ, when you become born again, you, 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 you are now brought near. You are brought near through the blood of Jesus. You are reconciled to your heavenly Father. There's a relationship that now has been birthed from above. And when I say relationship, that means we talk. That means we listen. That means we commune and we have conversation one with another. It means that Christ in me means that wherever I go, He is. And His working in me, talking, leading. That old hymn says, you go into that garden, right? And you can talk with Him and you can know Him and you can love Him. And good news, He can love you too. Good night, that'll blow your mind. But the good news is God has given us the capacity to grow in this incredible love relationship. This transformation isn't meant to be just happen one time and then that's it. No, 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 no. We're, we're passing on from glory to glory. Until He calls us home or He comes again, we are becoming more like Christ every day, every week, every year. We ought to, and I know every year we do this, or at least some of us do. We look back on the previous year and see what the Lord's done in us or in our church or your life or your family. Or you might think about what's different today than it was a year ago. All these things can happen. But as a Christian, we ought to be able to look back and say, man, I'm, I'm growing more in Christ this year than I was the year before. Make no mistake, to be in Christ literally means a radical transformation. Paul would remind us, take stock in who we are. He said, examine yourself. He said, if you don't have this radical transformation, it's not about you, it's about Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, examine your heart, your life. Um, I would say to all of you here today, I don't know all of you personally, but listen, hear my heart. Please hear this. I'm glad you came today. But more than anything, I want you to know Christ personally as your Lord and Savior. <clears throat> if you're here today, I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about knowing Him personally and intimately. Friend, today's the day you can trust Him and know Him personally. So take stock in yourself and, 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 and uh, see if you know Christ and you've had this transformation in your life. Are you a new creation? That's a good question to ask. So what does it mean? Here we go. To gather, grow, and give in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I would submit to you that we are, we do that. Our, our desire is to gather in this context. We gather on Sunday morning. We gather on Wednesday night. We gather sometimes on Sunday night. We gather for special things. Like in two weeks, we'll have friends and family day. I, I am so thrilled about that. I hope you're inviting your friends to come. Uh, if you don't have any friends, invite your coworkers. You know what I'm saying? Invite somebody to join with you on this day. Uh, and why, why is that important? Because every time we gather, we have the opportunity to gather in His name, to grow in His name, to give. We talked about these things. Or to go in His name. There, we have a team right now uh, at the church at Southside in the streets of Birmingham ministering to the homeless. To God be the glory. They're going. May they go in His name. What does that mean? There's several things I want to share with you. First of all, what does it mean if you're, if you're taking notes? It, it, what does it mean to, 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 to go in His name uh, it means this, very simply. First thing is this, honor the person of Jesus. If you got your Bibles open, if you will, uh, to Colossians chapter 1. Turn your Bible to Colossians chapter 1 in your New Testament. I think it's right after Philippians, isn't it? There you go. I'm getting there. Y'all wait for me just a minute. I should have these marked. You know, I did talk to somebody the other day. They still do Bible drills. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all remember that. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. When we talk about in the name of Jesus, means that we want, we want to intentionally honor the person of Jesus. Well, who is Christ? Verse 15. This is a good passage to underline, highlight, put a little star by. It 
talks about the supremacy of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or power or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth, things in heaven, but thus making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus is supreme. When we talk about going in His name, we go in Him, in His person, who He is. Who is He? He is God, fully God. This was battled out in your New Testament, and it's battled out still today. He's not just some figment of your imagination or the big man upstairs. He is God, very God. When we call upon His name, when we go in His name, we go in the authority and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We go in His name to accomplish His mission. He is supreme over all things. I don't know... If God, help us to understand there's not one thing that we'll ever encounter that's greater than our God, the Lord Jesus. And He is fully God in the flesh. We're about to celebrate, move into what we call the Advent season, the birth of Jesus. Let me remind you when that little baby, and it's, and it's good to think about that little baby, but that was God, very God, who was birthed there, Emmanuel, God with us. He is alive and well today. He reigns and rules in the hearts of every child of God. And he has a plan and a purpose for his kingdom to be extended. And yes, we have that opportunity today to go in his name, to give in his name, to grow in his name, to gather in his name. It means to honor him, to lift him up and magnify the holy name of Jesus Christ. The second thing is this. To live the purposes of Jesus. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. There are several things on this passage, I mean, on, on this little slide right here. There, there are way too many to go through in this little time that we're together this morning. But what do we mean by that? To live in the purposes of Jesus. To live in His purpose uh, today. Take your Bibles, Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 38 This is at the close of uh, Peter's message there on Pentecost. And he says to the crowd, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Church, what does it mean to go in his name? It means to be, to, to be faithful to his purpose of salvation. There is no other name under heaven in which anyone, any person, boy, child, man, or woman, can be saved except through Jesus Christ. So, so, so for us... To go in His name means to honor Him. It means to proclaim the fact that there's no other way unto heaven except through Christ alone. Part of our responsibility is to preach. I know you don't think of yourself necessarily as a preacher, but we need to proclaim that reality, that truth. And yes, friend, listen to me. There are people still today that believe there's some other way to heaven, and there's not. He was clear in the Scriptures. There's only one way to receive forgiveness of sin, and that's through Jesus Christ. His death, His resurrection, there is no other way. But, but look a little further on in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. And this is when Peter's uh, coming to the temple, and all of a sudden there's a, there's a lame person there, and Peter says in verse 6, he says, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do give, I give this. He, look at this in your Bible, verse 6. He says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Get up and walk. 
Now, I will tell you that in Jesus' name, what does it mean? One of the purposes of Christ, even still today, is to bring healing, literal healing to, to people for the purpose of salvation to be proclaimed. In this case, I mean, they couldn't stop but to talking about Jesus because God did such a work, a miracle work in this person's life. And through that, the gospel was proclaimed over and over again. Uh, let me remind you, one of the greatest healings we need today is in our hearts. The Bible says we're alienated from God, but it's only through faith in Jesus' name and Him and who he, what He's done that now we're reconciled to God. So God is in the healing business. Now, the truth is He doesn't heal everybody, every place, everywhere. We know that. I know that. But I'm not going to deny the truth that God still brings healing into the lives of people today. People are set free from addiction, set free from all kinds of stuff that is ailing them. In Jesus' name. So when we proclaim that, we need, to be, we need to be clear that we preach the gospel for the purpose of God to heal hearts that are broken. That, that, that when he looks down from heaven, he sees people that are hurting and harassed and helpless in need of a shepherd in need of saving. In John chapter 14, turn with me, with me there. John chapter 14, verse 12. When we look at the purposes of Jesus... Going in his name in John chapter 14. Just a staggering statement here in John 14. What does it mean to go in his name? Look, look at what he says here in John 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, in the context here, it's talking about the work that he's been doing. It's not some random asking of anything and everything, but it's about his work, his mission in the world today. But make no mistake, when we pray, we pray in his name according to his will, for his ways, uh, for his work to be done even so today. His work in the world. We've been called to be witnesses, uh, and he is allowing us to be in his purpose of praying. Uh, I, I, I can go on and on about talking to my Heavenly Father. And when we talk, we have the privilege as a child of God to walk into the throne room of heaven and talk to your Heavenly Father personally and intimately. To know Him personally. To know His will personally. To walk in the assurance of that. And He is encouraging us here in John 14. He says, I want you to walk in my work and do even greater work than what you see me doing. In the world today, there's still a place for God's people to be in line with God's work and God's mission. And we do that by relying upon Him. There's no way under heaven that God would allow us or can, we can do this work on our own. So He says here that we need to pray, depend, and trust in Him. That's what He's saying. The last thing is this. Uh, go back to Colossians chapter 3. And in Colossians chapter 3... What we see here talking about the purposes of God. To go in His name. To live in His name. What do we mean by that? Colossians chapter 3, the, the scripture here in verse 17. Really summarizes everything about life today. He says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We talk about the pervasive purposes of God. In other words, God intended for me and you to live our lives completely under His Lordship, submitting to His will, not my will. 
How does that play out? Friend, it plays out in a life that is committed to the purposes of God. The purposes of Christ today is to Lord, to lead, to guide, and direct His children. In His name, we humbly submit. Whatever we do, Paul would encourage us. Whether you work, whether you play, whether you live, whether you're at home, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means to be identified with Him, that wherever I am, Christ is with us. Uh, so, so, Secondly, is to live the purposes. The last thing is this, to proclaim the preeminence of Jesus. What do we mean by that? We sang a little bit about this this morning, Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 9 through 11, talks about the sovereignty of God and sovereignty of Jesus. The Bible says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One of the ways that we go in His name is that we proclaim He is Lord. Uh, we shared a little bit in our Bible study this morning. What would we do different? How would we live our life different if we really believed the imminent return of Christ? Well, friend, let me just say to you, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you're going to keep living your life under the, Lord, under the glory of God. To submit to Him, to honor Him, to... to, 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 to to live my life means to recognize that He is Lord of my life. I know, I know some of you are saying, well, but, but I'm an accountant, or, I, or I, I work over here. I get that. But whatever you do, it means you're proclaiming, you're presenting Christ to the people around you. How do we do that? We do that by humbly submitting to the Lord, bending our knee, humbling ourselves before Him. To proclaim His preeminence. In other words, is Jesus really Lord of my life today? It's an intentional, it's a beautiful question. And it's something we go, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's the Lord of my life. Well, the truth is, it's played out in every moment, every day, every decision I make. Do I proclaim the Lordship of Christ? Do I proclaim that? Do I proclaim it to myself, to the people around me, to my family? Do I humble myself before my Lord Jesus? Um, the second thing is this. Go back with me, Ephesians chapter 1. Beautiful passage of Scripture. How do we proclaim the preeminence, the sovereignty, the, the greatness of Lord Jesus? Not only do we submit to Him, not only do we acknowledge that He is Lord over my life, but here it is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. God placed all things under His feet, that means Christ, and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. The truth is, what does it mean to go in His name, to live in His name? It means that we proclaim as a body of Christ that this is His church and we are His people. That we are here to do His will, not our will. That we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, whatever you want, you do use me for your glory. And the truth is, Paul's praying this for the Christians there in Ephesus. He says, God, he's making a statement. God's placed all things under His feet and appointed Him head. God has designed and ordained for us as His people to submit to His Lordship. And that proclaims to this crazy world around us, there really is a Jesus that is alive and well. How do we know that? Because He lives in our hearts and among His people. That we are here to do His will and not, our, not my will. So when we talk about going in His name, we talk about gathering in His name, growing in His name, giving in His name, and going in His name, it is an all-inclusive statement that we acknowledge that, listen, there's not a one of us here today, I hope not, you're not here today because of your own good works. But we're here together to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
to God be the glory. That there's no way unto heaven except through Christ alone. That Jesus, Jesus stepped down out of heaven into my life and now has forever changed my life for his glory. I, I pray that's our testimony as a church. Friend, that's what the world needs to see is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when we talk about going in his name, that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of truth to this. We go in his name, his person, his power is for his glory, period, as the body of Christ today. So when we do ministry and work, it's done in his name. When we pray, it's in his name. When we give, it's in his name. To God be the glory. Let, let, let me encourage you today. Why are you here? Why are we here? Can I get so personal? Why are you here today? Why are you here? I can honestly tell you this, that God has planned for you to be here today. He has ordained this day. And this is a day. Please hear me. Please hear me. This is a day for you to turn to the Lord and say, God, take my life. I surrender my life to you. Father, we just want to praise you this morning. And I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, I know we here I am opening up so many passages of Scripture talking about referencing in your name. The truth is, Father, I just want to ask you right now, God, would you penetrate our hearts today, every single person here? God, I, I'm, I am praying right now, God, open our hearts. That we can humbly and honestly declare right now, right here, why are we really here? God, you designed this thing called church for one reason, and that's for you to be the, the head, the exalted one. You died and rose again, and you are Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God, the truth is we're just a bunch of mud balls and misfits that know Christ. God, I'm just going to ask you right now, would you do a work in our hearts? Maybe it's for some of us to come right now, right here, and come back to you and say, Lord, I, I, I surrender. You might know him, but, you, but you're not living in a, in, in a way that honors him in his name. Lord, there may be somebody here today that's never submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. God, would you so open our hearts today? God, God, can I just ask right now, right here, we're about to sing a song. God, would you open up the windows of heaven and open up our hearts? God, if we are found wanting, if we are found in a place where we are not humbling ourselves, not honoring you, not doing it in your name, God, that you would, you would bring that to our attention, that we would humble ourselves and confess that and turn to you and to you alone. God, I ask all this in the precious, wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Stand with me, church. We're going to sing a song of response this morning. As we sing, this is your time to do business with the Lord, whatever that means in your heart. So be faithful. If God moves on your heart and you know you need to come to Christ, you come on down. Let's, let's do that today.
If you know God's called you here, and this is where God wants you to be, is in fellowship, and this is the place where God wants you to plant your life and serve Him and bring honor to His name, then you come on down. But it may be just a time just to turn to the Lord and say, God, take my life. In a fresh way, I surrender it to you, Father. I'll be here. Let's sing unto the Lord.